are listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. This is episode 86, where we go over some of the current events going on in the firearms world, including a Supreme Court case being heard right now. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 86 of Range Minded, the current events of December 2019. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long, and I, as always, I am joined by... Steve Zimmerman, what's up? How are Shooters. you, sir? I'm doing good. Doing you, good. You had a head, you, you paused like you you didn't remember where we broadcast from. Oh, I it just took me a minute. We because we had our uh, we we didn't have a week off. We just did a re-release last week. So yeah, it was just so crazy with stuff going on that sure it just made the most sense. Well, even we tried to take a break and celebrate the holidays. So uh, yeah, we try. Yeah, but every day is a holiday when you play with guns. <laughs> every day is a great day, so you can't complain. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. your, your Thanksgiving was good. We were just talking about our Thanksgivings. Yeah, it was, it was good. I was, like I was saying off air, I, I, all I like is pie anymore. Pumpkin pie and a whole lot of whipped cream. That's- Are you, so, yeah, and I was talking about carbo-loading on potatoes and mac and cheese and bread and, uh, and I've never stuffing. Had, you say you have mac and cheese for Thanksgiving? Like uh, We have the last couple of years. It's not been like a family staple. It's been kind of a new addition. That's interesting. Interesting. I love homemade macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah, we do a three cheese. It's it's quite oh. good. Oh, that sounds fantastic, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, are you big turkey guy then, or no? No, I I don't like oven turkey. If it's smoked or if it's like deep fried turkey, is really good too. I don't know if you ever had that. I have. It's delicious. But I don't know what it is about just oven cooked turkey. I just don't like it. So, really. My my side of the family, my wife's side of family, they they catered to my complaining, and we always have ham to go along with it. So. Oh, they do both. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I've had deep fried turkey. I've had grilled turkey. Um, we had so we had a friend's giving here, and they did um, they brought a turkey breast that they did in the oven with uh, honey maple glaze. That was pretty good. Oh, that was probably good. Yeah, yeah. So I actually enjoyed it quite well. So yeah, it was, and, and- it was a good Thanksgiving. It might be the whole bird that I just, I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I'm sure like if I cooked a, a turkey breast just right, I, I'd probably eat it. Sure. Well, and some people just aren't turkey people, you know, you either, you either like it or you don't. So yeah, I'm, I'm just weird, I guess. Did you take advantage of any Black Friday sales? Uh, I wasn't going to. Well, uh, that's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ended up going into town, into Idaho Falls. Okay. Uh, but it was like later in the afternoon. We didn't go in the morning. It was oh, like you didn't do like the five a.m. deal. Uh, no, I don't. I don't play that game. Don't play that game. No, we just we had to go into town anyways. Oh, uh-huh. look. And uh, and we we just decided to go into town a little bit later and or uh, go to the mall and some other stuff. My kids wanted to go to the bookstore, and I ended up finding some stuff. Find anything gun related or other other related? No, I <laughs> I've been put on quarantine from buying guns for a while. Wow, that was a uh, long time so, coming. I know, I know. Actually, it was more self imposed than anything. So really, I, I have to slow down. I got to slow down a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So, no, I've been there. That, I think that'll that'll. That'll last for a very short amount of time, I'm sure. Maybe until after Christmas. I seem to find deals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, I we'll didn't see. get anything gun related on Black Friday. I don't think I actually bought anything on Black Friday. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I. 
it's hard because like over here in Idaho Falls, like I don't really like going to gun stores because I just shop at Independence all the time. So right. you got spoiled. most of the time it's not even worth it, worth it financially. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's just not worth financially because I get a better a better deal. So you know. Yeah, that helps. You know, that helps. But uh, well, speaking of Black Friday, we're doing a we're we're going to do a current events uh, episode today, and because uh, there's a lot going on, but yeah. this is a perfect segue into uh, Black Friday uh, in the gun world because it was the uh, second highest record of background checks ever on Black Friday, uh, <laughs> a one day, yeah. a one day. Uh, yeah, wasn't it Black Friday second like- highest record? Yeah, they said that we could arm the Marine Corps again with with the AR sold or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty close. It was uh, over two hundred thousand uh, background checks on Black Friday alone. Nice. And uh, the it, you know, and it's weird though that, that that doesn't seem like that many though. Two hundred thousand seem weird. I mean, I, yeah, I would have thought there would have been more. Um. Well, but, it's um, it's only on one that's day. That's still though. a lot. That's true. That's true. Well, let me put it into perspective for you because uh, the highest ever was uh, 2017's Black Friday, which was like closer to 300,000. Um, but oh. the, the highest month this year was in March, and that was 2.6 million. So if you think about it, you break down 2.6 in a month, though. In a month. And so that, so 10, but imagine 10% of those background checks happening on one day. Out of the yeah, what twenty five days? Let's say you count six days a week times four is 24, 24, 25 days. Oh, that's pretty amazing. And honestly, like I am surprised because I have talked with the people at the at the N N I C S or whatever. Yeah, yeah, N I C S. And uh, and I'm surprised that that system ran, and maybe it didn't. Like. If it was, if they were able to put, go through that many, because they really don't have that many people running in NICS. Like it's right. a, they're a subcontracted subcontracted unit that works for the FBI. But oh, really? Like that that surprises me that they were able to keep up with that. Well, it, I I mean, I'm not gonna lie. maybe maybe with um, you know the waiting periods in a lot of different places, it kind of um, balances well, the, out the each. The each check thing speeds it up too, and I honestly don't know why they don't just go directly to electronic. But really, what happens right now, and I think we've talked about this before, even if you file or if you go to the the dealer and you fill out all the stuff electronically, there still has to be physical eyes that go through that information. It it doesn't just go through a computer on the other side. It just basically comes to them in an electronic version, and they still review it physically. So, like I said, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Really? So even if I, even if I, as a concealed carry permit holder would go into independence, buy a gun, fill out my information and send it off. And well, not, not, not as a concealed carry holder. Cause you don't have to go through Nick's cause you've already gotten the background check. But if, oh, that's if right. you that's just, right. if, if you just go in off the street without a permit, even though it gets submitted electronically, they still have eyes just making sure stuff's filled out so, and, and putting it into the system. Really? So even if I were just a normal everyday person without a concealed carry permit, went and filled out a 4473 and submitted it electronically, it would still see human eyes. Yep. Interesting. And they did 200,000 of those in a day. That is fantastic. So I just wonder if some of that good, was with like- Good on America. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, maybe it does work. 
Good on America. And it makes me kind of wonder too, like, and we'll talk about some of this stuff later on because it, it seems like there's some gun stuff coming down the pipeline on a state level in, in a few different states. So I wonder if it's out of, of fear. Unfortunately, the, the the gun the gun industry is really steered by a lot of fear, especially when it comes to politics. So I, I wonder if uh, if that's what it has to do with. It could be, but um, it seems like it's just the gun industry and the gun community is getting stronger every day. Like there's more oh, and more I people getting into shooting and there's more and more guns, you know, in the U.S. and and things of that sort. So I don't know. And maybe we're responsible. Maybe we're responsible for a couple of those people. Who knows? Could be. I hope so. Me too. Being good stewards of the Second Amendment and inspired people to get, get into shooting. Heck Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was an, an interesting tidbit about Black Friday is that, you know, if you're if you're into the gun world at all, I mean, obviously you're going to get, you know, six million emails from everywhere about Black Friday sales. And usually they're pretty good ones. Like we had some <laughs> great ones at Independence. Yeah, there were some good ones at the store. Um, some of the stuff maybe I should have taken advantage of. It's <laughs> honestly there were, there were some deals that were better than than employee pricing. Yeah, better than our deals. Uh, but still. Yeah. But that's okay. Share the love. Yeah, that's all right. It'll always be. It'll always come around next year. Black Friday. So there's one thing you can count on is Black Friday happens every year. That's right. It's like my birthday and Christmas. They that's all right. Come around once a year. All happens every year. So, um, but speaking about the number of guns uh, in the U.S., uh, we both happened upon I think the same article. Um, and since I went first, I'm going to hand this one over to you. <laughs> well, I went. I saw a teaser on this. I think it was on Facebook today. Uh-huh. So I went, I went straight to the source of the article, which is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. And if, if you guys out there don't know for sure what the NSSF, NSF, the NSSF is. There we go. If I can say that up. It's a, they're basically a trade association that um, most ranges are going to be a part of uh, almost all the manufacturers are part of. They're the ones that put on shot show every year. So it's, it's a huge, um, just a huge association and they're the, the head of it all. And a great organization. Anyway, they, they are fantastic. They do a lot of stuff way more than what people even understand, but yep. um, that's besides the point. Uh, so they've uh, decided to compile some information that they got from the ATF um, over the last few years, actually, they the report really goes from about 1986 um, up to 2018. So it doesn't even really have some of the 19 numbers in there. Uh, but this is, uh, we may have talked about the 200,000 background checks that were made, but just the number of firearms that are in civilian possession, as they put it, between 1986 and 2008 is 422 almost 423 million guns that's a a lot of guns (laughs) that is such great news to me yeah that is fantastic like it's like almost two guns per citizen of the united states yeah 1.2 guns for every person in the country that is fantastic. And that's uh, a lot of firearms. That's a lot of, I can't even like, it's like where it's like somebody tries to get you to picture a million dollars. I can't even picture four and a half, like over 4 million guns. Well, even a hundred thousand to 200,000 guns, like the background check, like 
our store doesn't have 200,000 guns inside of it. No, I think we've got a, a, under a thousand, right? No, there's probably maybe, but there's about two. There might be 2000 guns total. Really? Maybe but there probably is less than that in reality. Sure. Um, but there's, there's quite a few. It's just, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, for- part of the, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, 400 million. I was going to say another part of the report that actually does include some of the 19 numbers, 2019 numbers. Yeah. Is uh, MSRs or ARs, whatever you want to call it, modern sporting rifles. Right. Um, and here's what I think is funny because, like, you know, the, there's some of the people running for president on the Democrat side. Well, you will just come take your guns. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think you have the capability of it because just ARs. And and there's no way this number. I think this number is actually quite low. I agree. What is re- what is really out there? Um, but they figure seventeen million seven hundred forty thousand ARs in private ownership. Yeah, so that's I'm willing almost eighteen hundred eight or eighteen million. I'm sorry. Million. And I would be willing to bet that there's probably another, maybe even a million in there that that they have no idea about. Yeah, I was going to round it up to 20 and say, because between 80% lowers and maybe even 3D printed lowers or anything like that, I mean, there's yeah. no record of that. There, You don't have to pass a background check to do that. Or, um, Well, and in reality, too, uh, if you own a, a machine and you, you have the understanding to do it and you're not selling them, mm-hmm. you could be building your own rifles. You could as long yeah. as you're not as long as you're not selling them. So that number is is probably low. Yeah, I mean, I would I would put money on on it, saying it'd be closer to twenty million. Yeah, and and you're probably right. Yeah, because that only that that uh, includes ARs and AKs, any kind of uh, modern, um, you know, modern sporting rifle. Yeah, yeah, and over half of them in 2017, over half the guns sold, fifty four percent were ARs in 2017, which makes it, which is interesting because when I, and I was reading this, the same article, um, I think, well, where did you get your article from? Straight from the NSSF. I went straight to the, that's right. You said that. And so I, I got mine from the Washington examiner. So it's, it's, it's a little more interesting because they say, despite years of criticism of modern assault style rifles, such as the AR 15 and AK 47, there are records 17.7 million in private hands, proving that it is the most popular gun around, which if we go to, uh, was it common use? I believe. Yeah. From DC versus Heller. Yeah. In that court case, they talked about common use about, you know, you can't, necess- you can't necessarily regulate what's a firearm type that's in common use. Uh, if that's the most, you know, those kinds of rifles are the most popular in the country. How are you going to argue that that's, that's not common use? That seems to be very common, right? I mean, it's the most, it's the most common kind in the country. <laughs> and I, I have an idea. I'm going to look up something real quick. So let's see. I'm going to look up how many Ford pickups. Oh boy. <laughs> Guaranteed not seven. Well, no. I mean, maybe from in, its inception to now, you could argue maybe 17 million. I don't know. That's a great question. And I'm just going to say in 2018. Oof, that'd be a great question. Okay. So well, all F series Ford pickups in 2018. So what was the, how many ARs were sold in 2017? What did I tell you? Uh, um, over 50%. Yeah. 54%. Well, yeah, I guess it really doesn't give us. It's quite a bit. In that. 
in that particular article. But in 2018, the amount of F F uh, F series pickups, so that's 150 to 650s. Uh, that is 900,000. So, so there was probably more AR sold in 2018 than Ford pickups purchased. That's that's impressive. And I picked Ford because they have been one of the most popular vehicles in the world. Yeah, the number one selling truck. I mean, you can yeah. see the commercials, yeah. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. And the president of the NSSF came out and said this too, is that the uh, it shows the industry that America has a strong desire to continue to purchase firearms for lawful purposes and that the modern sporting rifle continues to be the most popular center fire rifle sold in America today and is clearly a commonly owned firearm. Amen to that. How about that? So another fun that's fact awesome. from this one is uh, last year, do you know how many rounds of ammunition were uh, produced by the industry? Oh, I do, but we should tell everybody else. Tell me, right? You you tell me. <laughs> uh, an estimated eight point one billion with a B. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Doctor uh, Evil. Eight point one billion. billion. And I don't know if on your side of the article, if they cited this, but just in the uh, the ammunition manufacturing side, uh-huh. there are over twelve twelve thousand employees. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's at the yeah they had it at the bottom here. Yeah, firearms ammo manufacturing accounted for nearly twelve thousand employees, producing more than four point one billion dollars in goods shipped in twenty seventeen. That's a hefty that industry. The, yeah, and and some of those companies are in in Idaho, which is even better. Yeah, I mean you have uh, I think uh, well uh, ARM is uh, up in uh, Horseshoe Bend, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Freedom uh, Idaho Ordinance Idaho Ordinance Freedom yeah. Munitions. Yeah. Um, uh, oh my gosh, we're forgetting the big one up in Lewiston. CCI. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good place so to we, be for uh, firearms. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that that is amazing to me. Yeah, well, but, and, and uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just the amount. Oh, here's, here's another number in there. So 2017, nearly 8 million firearms were produced. Of those, 4.4 million were handguns and revolvers, 2.8 were rifles, and 600,000 were shotguns. Yeah, and it's about the same in uh, 2018, believe it or not. Yeah, pretty close. Almost. Yeah, really close. Yeah, there were more in in 2017, but yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's just, I can't, it's like I said, it's a number that I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's fantastic. A lot of guns. I mean, how many of those did you buy? You're probably account for what, 1 million of those? If you ask my wife, yeah, it probably seems pretty close to that. Yeah, she got a few, so you can picture it, no problem. Yeah, just buy another safe. It's all good. One of the the funny things, too, is uh, there's a quote from a guy um, who owns or is a marketing director for a gun store in uh, North Carolina. And uh, he goes, we also saw a spike in sales of tactical rifles like ARs and AKs, of which uh, I think we can confidently thank Beto (laughs) O'Rourke. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny yeah. where you said you're going to take him, and then it has a big uh, back uh, backfires like that. Well, we always joked that Obama was the best rifle salesman or gun salesman back in the day, you know, yeah. during his administration, and it was the truth. And that's the other thing is is so many of these politicians don't see the need for the Second Amendment, um, including Bloomberg. He came out with some pretty amazing comments the last few days. But oh yeah, because he's running for president uh, now, I think, right? 
Yeah, but these he is, but but it's comments that they make that really drive the sales e- even higher. Mm-hmm. Which I don't. know. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about that before. Where like you know Obama didn't really pass any sort of gun control legislation or whatever. Yeah. No, he didn't. And, and we've yeah, like I said, we have talked about this before. He was actually less restrictive than our current administration. Um, but it sure seemed like it was more infringed on, which is strange. Yeah. Well, and that just goes to show, like we've talked about, is that gun rights, you know, and and enjoying the shooting sports don't know party lines or color or creed or race or you know gender or age or anything. It's uh, everybody's kind of it. it I don't know. Everybody's kind of either for it or against it, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily matter what political party or uh, walk of life you come from. The gun community is, is, uh, has a lot of different people included in it. Yeah. And that's good. It needs to be diverse. It is probably the most diverse industry of any in the United States. It does. And, uh, I think, I think it's one of those, you know, hobbies you know industries uh you know kind of shooting the sports kind of aspect of it, the competition that you can look and see a slice of life from every kind of person city rural you know whatever however you want to slice it and uh i think a lot of a lot of other hobbies and subcultures and stuff could uh would be jealous to have the kind of diversity that we do you know absolutely so absolutely. yeah there's there's a lot of guns out there and it's only getting stronger you know, if, if people didn't really like guns or were really against them, um, I, I, you know, the numbers would show it. Nobody would be buying them, you know? Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, and that kind of leads to my theory that there's, you know, there's a maybe a vocal minority against it and a, and maybe a vocal minority that's for it. But I think there's a, a silent majority in the middle who's for it, but doesn't necessarily talk about it. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Uh because even and, and I think they're on both sides of the aisle, like you're saying. Oh, sure, I agree. So, I, yeah, I think that it's uh, they just close their mouth because they don't want to deal with the uh, adverse side effects to their party. Yeah, yeah, and it's not easy to do. You know what I mean? I've, you know, like I've talked about before, coming from a, an anti-gun state and a, a place in the country where guns are, um, you know, not talked about, and if they are talked about, they're talked about in the news, you know, in crime and whatever, and. Um, you know, it learning how to, to be open and, uh, and about guns is, is, was a new thing for me. And I think that's for a lot of people, you know? And it, and we've talked about that journey before and, and it can be difficult, especially in, in family situations. Like, you know, they say we, we just came through or going through the holidays and they say, well, don't, don't talk about certain things during, <laughs> during holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Yeah. And it's too bad because it's, I don't know, really understand why it's so polarizing because it seems so benign and it should be more unifying to go, to go out and just go shooting with the family. Yeah. But like we've talked about before, it's a lot of people's, I think most of their, most of their exposure and stuff is to the media and to mass shootings, which, you know, obviously are, uh, you know, supremely unfortunate, but are not, you know, the majority of, of, you know, gun crime and gun deaths, you know. It's just the the most uh, you know exposed part. Yeah, and it the most visual. Yeah, it's it is pretty sad and disappointing that it, it has to be that way. And and that's scary. And we've, that we've talked about it too. It's it's scary for people to see. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to see that happen. And 
Um, you know, it makes you, it, it's, it's, uh, unfortunate to see, you know, on TV and everything, but it's, it's not, yeah. it's a very small, you know, portion of it, how, it you know, really of is. what it, actually is happening. Well, and gun crime, despite what you know, a lot of people say is has dropped dramatically in the last 25 years, yeah. almost 50%. So, I mean, <laughs> it's getting safer we see that more and more firearms are being purchased if if the rhetoric was correct then there should be a huge <clears throat> a huge uptick in gun crime seeing how many firearms are sold um but it doesn't exist it's still going down it's interesting yeah and we've talked about you know the um you know the the cdc the actual use of guns as defensive tools, you know, and, and, and the CDC yeah. having that uh, research done. And I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago about our, our friend, Daniel, who we took shooting for the first time ever. Um, and he asked me that he goes, you know, how many, you know, you hear, oh, you, whenever you're watching the news, you hear about all these bad things happening or whatever, but you never hear about like, you know, defensive gun use or whatever. And he goes, why is that? Like, you know, do the, do people actually use guns in self-defense? And I go, well, boy, let me, let me tell you what, <laughs> How long do you have? Yeah. So, and he was very surprised and he actually was uh, inspired to look into it a little bit more. So um, it just, I, I think people don't know that, that these things exist and these, these numbers exist and these things actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. You know, and we could beat a dead horse. I mean, you, cell phone use has a higher, way higher mortality rate than, uh, than gun crime does, which <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. Hands and fists. More people die from hands and fists than yep. than any rifle, not just an AR-15. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about it too. And a lot of other gun, you know, gun supporters will say that uh, the majority of, well, you know, the majority of gun violence is is suicide, which is unfortunate and it's a terrible tragedy. You know, um, but a lot of it too is gang violence. You know, in inner cities and, yeah. and a lot of you know poverty poverty stricken areas as a result of poverty. And I think people that's a lot of stuff people don't want to talk about. No, and 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 if any of the listeners are interested in some homework, some real homework, <clears throat> they could look up some of those because um, you can get on the FBI statistics and look at all that stuff. Yeah, and you can go by by city. And so if you take out the the gang violence that happens in Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore, which is it, it's skyrocketed in the last few years in Baltimore, um, yeah, which is New Orleans. <clears throat> and you, if you go through any of those and you realize, Hey, most of these are gang violence and you remove just those cities. If you just took out Detroit and LA, the major cities, the, the per capita violent gun use, we we're not, we're, we're better than the majority of the world. And, it's just silly, but they yeah. don't want to look at it that way. It's crazy, man. So, but um, what do you do? Mo- moving along to uh, to some other things, we're talking about some legislation and some uh, judicial yeah. judicial things going on. Uh, don't know if this is actually going to happen or not, but uh, a you, you said um, you know legislature, all that kind of stuff. Saw a an um, MD who is also a congressman um, actually. Mm-hmm introduced uh the home defense and competitive shooting act have you heard about this i don't know if i had there's a lot of stuff going through maybe if i hear more about it it might ring a bell so this is this is from a press release um from the actual uh congressman's uh website is dr roger marshall 
U.S. Congr- congressman from Kansas, of all places, which I didn't even know there were people in Kansas. So actually, wait, our friend Todd, right? He's from Kansas. Which one? Oh, yeah. He, the Jayhawks fan, right? Yeah, I always got him confused with Kentucky. So, yeah, this is it was yeah. Todd from Todd from Kansas, who I think is now in, I, the, tre- in the Treasure Valley, believe it or not. Hi, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? Hope you're hope you're enjoying yourself in in Gem State. Heck yeah, he better be. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Congressman Roger Marshall introduced the Home Defense and Competitive Shooting Act, which would streamline bureaucratic regulations, reduce lengthy uh, ATF processing times, and remove unconstitutional fingerprint requirements and fees for certain rifles. Which, um, if I have read this correctly, it's about SBRs and how basically. You, you wouldn't have to register an SBR with the ATF or it would be a more um, standardized thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I think we've talked about this before. I think, first of all, I think that bill is fantastic. Second of all, I'm disappointed that we have to have somebody submit a, a bill to the legislature that has to grant us the rights that we already have. Um, but uh, with with the way AR pistols are right now, why would anybody do a form a form one, right? Like, right. There's no reason the- to, especially because you can bring an AR pistol across state lines. But if you were going to do that with an SBR, you have to notify what every we've talked about this. I think every county sheriff or every law enforcement official, yeah, uh, any any ATF regulated uh, any any regulated firearm like that, whether it be a suppressor, SBR, whatever, you have to inform the sheriffs of each one of those counties, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so, so. it would be it'd be fantastic if that got repealed. Um, I think that'll take more than just a bill of that that small of a bill to make it happen, but that would be great. Well, it's nice to know that there are people there trying to you know do the right thing and restore the rights because, and, and if you go back, I believe into the history of, you know, why short barrel rifles and short barrel shotguns are on the NFA list was due to concealability because of the gangsters back in the yeah. you know the twenties and thirties and early forties or whatever. Um, you know, and nowadays, I mean, I, I, maybe you well, could no. make the same argument, but it's at the same time. I mean, I'd love, I, I wonder how many SBRs are actually registered. I mean, how many SBRs we actually have in the country, you know what I mean? And how many are used in a crime? Um, I actually know that. Well, no, it was the full auto statistic from an ATF agent. We were talking. That's even, that's another, Um, uh, that's another good point too. You know, you want to take it a step further where, you know, well, yeah, the, the full auto crime was one in the last like 35 years. Right. Um, actual registered, Full auto. I mean, there's some black market stuff out there. So the, <laughs> the people that are spending the time and going through all the loopholes or not loopholes, all the red tape to get their stuff are not committing the crimes. Right. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how many, I'm sure I could find that information, how many SBRs are out there. That, that would be kind of intriguing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure the ATF has it somewhere. Um, but I, you know, nine times out of 10, any crimes are committed with, you know, non uh, NFA stuff, you know? Well, and the whole point of the NFA anyways, was to, to get the mobsters on tax evasion. Uh-huh. You know, once they, once they created that and they weren't paying the taxes on it, then they could, they could nab them on that. That was the point. Um, but now everybody else suffers. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Silly. 
So, but we'll see if this goes anywhere. I mean, I don't think it would go anywhere. Kind of like how the Hearing Protection Act with the silencers didn't go anywhere, but. What state was he from? Kansas. Oh, that's right. Kansas. Yeah. The first district of Kansas, Dr. Roger Marshall, which is interesting. He's an MD. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. It seems like, where was I reading or listening? Something about when the Hearing Protection Act was first introduced, that was the first time that the the gun the pro gun groups had reached out to the medical community uh-huh oh um, yeah about health and safety reasons right that was the first time that any of that had ever <clears throat> really had had been talked about which i think that's why it got so much traction was the medical community started saying hey you know this does kind of make sense uh-huh. there's mufflers in the cars why don't we have mufflers for guns like we talked about with joey yeah. You know, yeah. Well, and you've talked about it where it's, it's uncouth in other countries to, to shoot and to hunt without a silencer. We talked about that in England and, and other places. It's just a, it's a thing you can get off the shelf. Yeah. So but here they're way more dangerous in the United States than outside. So, yeah. So we might, well, we might see it go somewhere. I don't know. I, 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 I it, it may get a little bit of traction. Like I say, it's hard, hard to fathom that out of Kansas that something like that could happen, but you never know. It really could grab a hold somehow. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll have to see what happens, but uh, at least there's some legislators, you know, putting these things forward to try to get some gun rights back, you know, where they belong, you know? So we'll see. We'll see. I thought, I just thought that was interesting. I, you know, we always talk about how much, uh, how much bad news there is. Thought maybe yeah. some good news would be a good thing. So, and and that kind of reminded me of what's going on in Virginia. Have you been keeping track of anything that no, been going on I, in the state of Virginia? I actually haven't heard anything out of Virginia. So you're gonna have to you have so, to tell me what's going on. So this is a big deal, and and okay. maybe even some of our listeners haven't even been paying attention to what's or not realize what's going on since the midterm. So. Um, and and they had a gubernatorial race recently where the the Republicans lost basically control of the state of Virginia. Okay. Up to up to that point, Virginia has been very pro gun, and and they've been at least in that part of the country they've been a um, a good sanctuary state, I guess you could say for for the Second Amendment. Right. Since then, they have had sweeping gun bills coming through because there has been no resistance to to these gun bills uh-huh. and and so it is getting crazy in virginia really they're talking about they're talking about firearms training and self-defense training um on the same level as domestic terrorism so you, what? you'd be getting <laughs> yes so it's isn't that silly like it doesn't make any when sense I, when i say sweeping i mean like sweeping there it is going crazy in Virginia right now. So that you're basically um, saying teaching people how to defend themselves is on par with domestic terrorism. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Wow. It'd be like it'd be like saying there's um for example, maybe a terror training camp in Dearborn, Michigan, which may or may not be true, but it's the same type of thing. There's it's on the same level. Wow. Is what they're trying to say. So all right. It, the state went from probably a little bit more red than purple to blue. Uh-huh. Like politically speaking overnight, really. Wow. And, uh, and so now 
you've got all these citizens that are trying to to fight back and there have been some of the most amazing things happen as far as citizens standing up to the government really you know, the, point, the point of the second amendment is to really fight against a tyrannical government not to put food on your table right that's just a side bend. right so in retaliation to the state legislatures um I think it's at 30 counties, maybe 31 counties in Virginia have, have had like emergency sessions or whatever, and they're becoming second amendment sanctuary counties. Oh, throughout. right. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about so, this now. Yeah. So now the sheriffs and the, the, the police departments will not, um, will not comply with these laws and they will not force their citizens to. Isn't that crazy? And so you have this huge dichotomy of power. Um, which, which, and, and maybe this is where everything's going to change is in Virginia, because there are vast amounts of people in these, in these open hearings or in the, um, you know, where the citizens can, can speak their minds. And there's now, there's a bunch of videos coming around and I'll share some to our Facebook page. They're amazing. Like these citizens are getting up and, and sharing their stories and, and some of them are extremely well read. And I don't know if some of these people are attorneys or what, but, it's amazing what's going on in Virginia. So we have this huge behemoth government saying, Nope, we're not letting you exercise your rights anymore Uh to where the citizens are legitimately saying, we're going to tar and feather our our politicians. They're going to have to stay awake at night because we're not letting them rest. This is it. We're done with this. Isn't that crazy? And so it's in a way it's really scary because who knows what could happen when, when, you know, you turn up the heat on some of these groups because we both understand there's some wacko pro-gun groups like oh, way yeah. too far right. Oh, sure. That we that I definitely do not support. But, and maybe that's what they're all about. Maybe they're trying to get these groups to, to, to percolate over to where they can enact something else. Who knows? But it's, uh, it's kind of interesting what's going on over there. Yeah, it's. I had no idea, and that's. I mean, it is. If you think about it, it's kind of half a world away, um, you know, from us. But it, we're all in it together. So it's 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 interesting yeah. to hear about because, like you said, you have the government saying one thing, and then you have you know, or, or you know, the state government saying one thing, and then you have your local governments. It's like the opposite of uh, preemption. You know, we've we've talked about. I think you yeah, know, yeah. local preemption of, of state yeah. gun laws and things of that sort. Um, you know, and if we haven't, just and a quick the- primer on that is that. You know, like, for example, in Idaho, like, you know, the city or the town, um, any city in town can't enact their own gun laws that are more restrictive than are from the state. Correct. Correct. Which is great. And and honestly, I think Virginia has some of the stuff like that in some of their state constitution. Sure. But they're just rewriting the state constitution or just completely ignoring it or going through the state Supreme Courts to to change it all. Crazy. And, And it is crazy what's going on that is i mean but i mean the other thing it, it really does unify people together to stand up and and you know fight for their rights which i think is which i think is fantastic yeah when i share some of these videos on the facebook page you're gonna hear some of the the people in the background and you can tell that that hearing is chock-a-block full of supporters like the the amount of response that some of these some of these citizens get after they have their five minutes is uh-huh. pretty amazing. Oh, I believe it. I mean, and 
you think about any anywhere that's you know typically supporting supporting gun rights and then going from that to to you know being against gun Pull rights in in yeah. a matter of days would be i mean imagine it happening here people would be shouting from the rooftops you know and that's one thing i i thought about today when i at work that um we hear a lot in idaho that oh that yeah, I heard it all the time at the gun counter. Oh, that stuff would never happen here. We would never let that happen. You never know. I bet those people in Virginia thought the same thing. Right. That no, we're 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 the only light of sanity in the East Coast. <laughs> well, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it can happen that fast. Yeah. So. Well, and and we we even saw that in the Boise City mayoral race, which I, I know we don't really want to get too deep into politics. Um, the gal that won, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She, she was at the nation's capital with mom's demand action fighting against, um, you know, pro, pro gun, uh, gun lobby groups. Really? So like Boise city, it could so easily just happen there. Like, yeah, it, it's just a matter of time. It will happen. Honestly, well, I, I really do believe it will happen. It but. could be. And it's surprising because Boise is such, you know, in the treasure Valley and all of Idaho for that matter is so, <laughs> you know, outdoors sportsman's friendly or whatever. And that includes hunting and all that, you know, and it's funny because the first time I ever saw somebody open well, carrying in Idaho was well, so up. Were, so was Washington and Oregon and honestly, California for a long time. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's just interesting because the first time I ever saw anybody open carrying in Idaho was not in Boise. It was up in McCall, awesome. which, which outdoors, you know, kind of thing. And it was at a restaurant nobody said, nobody said anything. Nobody was, weirded out about it. And it was a guy like was in a snowmobile outfit and he had a, he had a pistol on his <laughs> side and it was like, okay, like whatever, you know, and if you're outside, what? if you're snowmobiling, like whatever. What was your first, your initial thought? Like, Oh, I got to keep an eye on this guy. Not or at all. Like, I, saw, I saw him and I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like he's, he's got a, he's got a pistol on his side. It's like, he must be out in the back country. You know, maybe there's bears or mountain lions or something out there. Like, you know, and, and we're out here in McCall kind of, in a more rural area and was like, okay, whatever. And gosh, I love McCall. It is so pretty up there. It is a beautiful place. So, but it's like those, it's places like those that, you know, I think most that make up the most geographic kind of area of Idaho and other open spaces like that. And, you know, but I guess, and you'd think that most people, since it's a, it's a big outdoor thing here in Idaho, that most people would be, you know, used to it or okay with it or whatever, but maybe, maybe a lot of people don't leave the city. I don't know. Well, a lot of the demographics changing too. We we see that in the Treasure Valley, how much it's changed in the last three years, two yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but, it, it's, it can change pretty quickly. Yeah. But that's why I'm thankful that there's a place like Independence because, you know, you can take new people shooting or they can, ex they can discover it on their own and, and realize that guns can be a part of life that, that isn't scary at all. Yeah. It's actually an enjoyable part. And, and we've seen it in our experiences, taking other people shooting Yeah, the, the, the joy and the excitement that comes from just spending a few hours behind a gun or even a few minutes, even if it's 10 rounds behind a, a 22, how much fun it is. And you can see the countenance change when they do. Yeah. Talking about first shots and everything. I mean, kind of the same deal, like the, the, the first shots class we offer kind of the same deal where, yeah. you know, you have. You have literally your first shots with a handgun, a shotgun, or a, I'm sorry, a, a 1022, and um, 
you know, you can see what it's all about. And, you know, we've had it firsthand a couple of times on our, on our podcast here about people, you know, enjoying, enjoying the shooting sports. I mean, since, you know, I've had, I've had our friend Daniel again, talking about him that we've, you know, he's come and talked to me two, three, four times about wanting to go shooting again and everything. So, yeah, it's been kind of nice to to have somebody say, Hey, let's go shooting. Uh, okay. Uh, you're not going to, not going to tell me twice. Twist my arm. Yeah, exactly. That was, so That was one thing that uh, I tried to make happen this after the Friday, after Thanksgiving, right? Uh-huh. I guess Black Friday. Friday. Sure. Black Friday. So, um, my originally, original intent was to, uh, the, the guy I work for had bought some AR components. Okay. Um, he's building a, a Grendel, a six, six, five Grendel. Sweet. And I says, Hey Brad, we're building your gun Friday morning and then we're going to go shoot it. And he's like, sure. Okay. And then he calls me Friday morning. I'm just going to go into the office and Brad. <laughs> going to the office. Yeah. So instead of shooting and having fun, he went to work. That's not fun. Yeah. I don't know if he listens or not. He might actually listen now and I'll hear about it tomorrow or something, but oh, oh well. Well, at least he wasn't saying like, I don't want to do this. No, he really wants to. Uh, I just need to be <clears throat> more aggressive and say, hey, dude, put the books down. Let's go. Yeah. Take a day off for once. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> well, um, so let's, yeah, talked about state things, talked about local things. Let's switch gears to the big thing, which uh, prompted this episode in the first place is that the oh, uh, Supreme man. Court is... Uh, is is working on some things right now and uh, i'll let you take the lead on this one i know the basics of it but i feel like you've done a little bit more research so in 2013 uh, the city of new york passed a law that said um well basically it said if, if you own a handgun regardless of what permit new york state has or new york city has two different permits one is to possess a handgun and one is actually to carry it. So you need a, you need permission even to have a gun. Basically. Yeah. Which is just like Illinois where it's like a, you know, it's the, it's like it's a void card basically. Completely asinine. Well, what the city decided to say was, and they passed this law was saying, well, if you live in the city of New York, you can no longer take that handgun out of the city of New York. Um, and there's, I think, seven ranges that are okayed in the city of New York to, to go and shoot in. And I actually did talk to – this was years ago. I talked to a guy that actually ran one of those ranges and basically said it was an old warehouse. It was really dingy, and they had terrible ventilation. Uh-huh. So pretty sad. Yeah. So obviously there was going to be some resistance. So the New York Rifle and Pistol Club or associations uh, – I'm sorry if I screwed that up. I can't remember which one it was for sure – they decided to really cause a stink. So imagine 2013 to 2019, we've had six years of back and forth of between the pistol associations, the second amendment groups and the city council of, of, uh, and the mayor honestly of New York city. Yeah. Um, well, so they petitioned the state courts, they petitioned, 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 nothing happened. Finally, uh, they said, okay, well, we're done. We're taking it to the Supreme Court. And uh, once once the, the city of New York realized that this could be an issue, and we'll talk about how it'll be, it could be an issue or will be an issue, hopefully, they decided, you know what? Uh, never mind. We'll just, we'll just throw just that it. Yep, we're, we're done. Uh, we're not going to pursue this. 
Now, you might think, oh, that's a that's a win for the Second Amendment, and it kind of is, but in the short term, but not in the long term. But it, it, what it did is it opened this huge can of worms for the anti-gunners. And maybe this will make sense to some people. Maybe it won't. So what this does is even though the city of New York said, um, no, no, we're not going to do this. If uh, and, and the Supreme Court so obviously said, yeah, we're going to we're going to look at this. Um, they had their first um, the first oral arguments. Uh, I think it was Monday. Friday, Friday, Monday. It was Monday about whether or not the case was moot, which we'll get to again, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah. They, so both, both sides have their attorneys talking to the Supreme court. Luckily for us on our side or on the pro gun side, this particular, uh, Clement, I think was his last name. He's argued 90 cases in front of the Supreme court of the United States. Oh, wow. Extremely experienced. Yeah. And he's, very pro gun. He actually helped with the Heller decision or the Heller case and some other stuff that was presented in front of the Supreme Court. So he's very experienced when it comes to Second Amendment arguments. Yeah, he's in got front it of the out. Supreme Court. So what happens is now New York's worried to death that not only will this interfere with their anti-gun legislation within this the city of New York, the state of New York, but it could also open up to hearings uh, of any anti-Second Amendment law in the United States. Right. You so have, this yeah. could be- It sets a big a precedent. Huge precedent. So as long as the Supreme Court says, yes, we're going to hear this, um, it, it opens up this huge cavalcade of, of possible repeals. Um, once because if it goes the way of gun, of pro gun groups, well, then any of those those bills can be reintroduced. Not like Heller or anything like that, but magazine bans on state levels. Um, any kind of restrictions on, on firearms can be called kind of back into question. Yes, which would be fantastic. And the real reason why. Um, why the rifle association wanted this to be heard, even though New York said, we promise we won't do anything. I don't think those politicians in the state of New York have that great of a track record with their honesty. And so <laughs> at any point in time, they could just go right back and say, okay, never mind. We're going to reenact this bill. That's why it's so important that, uh, that this, this bill be heard or this, uh, this case be heard in front of the Supreme court. Um, I read some of the arguments from, some of the justices or some of their questions yeah. earlier today. And the, the Ginsburg and some of their questions, I mean, it's pretty obvious how they, how they perceive how this should go. Yeah. But we're hoping with, with Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and maybe even a couple of others that, uh, that there'll be some pretty interesting conversations come out of this. Well, and one of the, you know, the big thing is, um, you know, the, yeah, the and I, if it's the, the big thing that they're looking for is whether the whether it's a moot case or not, because the big argument is that it's already been rescinded, and so you know the plaintiffs have got everything they wanted, and blah 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 blah. But the the plaintiffs' argument is that you know, well, this is uh you know an infringement on the Second Amendment as a whole, and so we need to we need to explore this further and get this heard or not. And the fact that the Supreme Court even decided to hear it in the first place rather than just throw it out, I think says a whole says a whole lot about well, where this could and, go. 
And honestly, I think when I read, I'll have to go back and make sure, but it seems like that was Ginsburg's perspective. And it was like, why are we even listening to this? You guys, the, you, the plaintiffs got everything they wanted, but in reality, mixed in some of this network of, of legal speak in, in the state law is even though they, they took back that, uh, the transportation deal with the firearms stopping and getting a, a cup of coffee or going to the bathroom or something um, at the gas station could put these gun owners in jeopardy still on a legal standpoint. And that's where some of this argument is, is coming across from the gun lobby group. So uh, this could be huge. Yeah. And that's, and that it comes from a practical standpoint is that, you know, it's surprising that you, you would, you could get in trouble to that. You were, you know, like you said, if you wanted to stop and get a cup of coffee or stop and maybe visit family or something like that, and you're transporting a, a firearm safely and responsibly, you could be yeah. in trouble for that. Like, it's just, it's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it, and, and think about this. I mean, that, this is a constitutional right. If, if this case was, was being argued about sexual orientation or, or something that is technically not constitutionally protected, it would be crazy. There would be so much crap going on about it that, that everybody would know about it, but where, where it comes to firearms and opening up our, our true right to keep and bear arms, there's, there seems to be a problem. I don't get it. Well, and thankfully, you know, there's been a, a couple of Supreme court justices who have said that like, you know, the second amendment is seems to be like the forgotten amendment and that it doesn't get, the protection that it deserves and things like that. And, you know, I think it's kind yeah. of interesting that, and it's nice to know that there are people like that on the Supreme court that are, you know, willing to, you know, protect yeah, or at least, you know, uh, give their opinion about, you know, about what that means to them. You know, I think it's important. And, and it is important to, even though this is New York city is obviously has much higher population than the state of Idaho. Right. But it's still, it's still on the city level. And so I think it's important for us as citizens, even though um, you might be living in Meridian or Caldwell or Pocatello or McCall or whatever, it's important for us to be um, active in some way on a city level to where we, we know who represents us on the city and the state level, because that, that's what really influences anything beyond that. So th this the this the the club the handgun club pistol club in yeah. New York City uh -huh. they could have just rolled over and caved and it would have been no big deal right nobody would have heard anything about it and just another thing but, yeah another thing would have happened but they were but their members were vocal on a city level and and let their representatives because even if they didn't vote for them that's still their representative, like it's, they're still inside the constituency. So that's what I'm, I guess what I'm long way around it is be involved on even a city level because it's so important to have your voice heard. Yeah. And you want to know your, you want to know your gun rights, you know, ad advocacy groups too. That's not really easy to say, but you want to know those groups yeah. because those are the people that, you know, are organized and can, and can fight for them you know, for those rights legally, uh, you know, locally rather, yeah. um, you know, it's, it, and, and it all starts locally. About, yeah. And we've talked about the Idaho second amendment Alliance. Um, 
I'll support them as long as they're doing the right thing when it comes to our rights. Right. I think, I think that's a fabulous organization. Um, there are, every state has its own group. It would find that group and, and become attached to it. You know, we, I kind of touched on some of the real fringe Looney Tune groups. I, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't associate with those guys too much. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how to put it without like putting a name on the group. Like what some of the groups we have in Idaho, I don't want to target these groups specifically, but I, I just disagree with their, their method of having their, their freedoms exchanged. I think the best way to say it is just to do your research and learn kind of what, what these groups stand for. Look what they've done. Look where their stance is on things. And that'll kind of help you out. Like, you know, help you decide what you need to do, you know? Yeah. So yeah. just something to think about. Yeah. Just be involved and, and really pay attention. Like, like look what's going on in Virginia that we talked about. Pay attention to this case at the Supreme court, because these influence our rights, like right now. I mean, this is history happening right now in the making. So understand what's going on. So when, when you do have that conversation at Christmas dinner, for with uncle bill, who's not so much gun friendly that you can actually invoke some kind of thought process in the conversation and have real dialogue and not an argument. Yeah. And maybe you can make them understand your, your position a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that's, what's going on in the gun world right now. I think that about that covers it pretty well. Yeah. That was kind of a huge swath of drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Some of this stuff I'm not very good at articulating. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, and we're not legal experts. Might have, you know, we need to say that first and foremost, but. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, neither of us are attorneys. No, maybe we should be. But um, that's kind of, um, you know, where we leave you to kind of do your own research and uh, to kind of just, do, you know, look around. There's, there's, you know, we found this, we find this stuff on the internet and, um you know, we, yeah, please don't take our, our word for it ever. Like if something comes in question, or if you think we're just full of crap or talking in hyperbole, do your homework, just look it up and realize that, man, some of this information is truly legit. And, and I know I'll get some of my stuff wrong and I'm not scared to admit that I'm, I'm wrong a lot of the time, but. Well, and nobody's perfect. Arm but yourself with facts. If we can find this, you can find this. And yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just as easy to find for you and you should be able to do your research and read just like we have. So, um, yeah, you know, but if and you have a any, lot of you probably read better than I do. Yeah, could be. I'm surprised you know how to read sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, so, but, uh, if you want to know more about any of this or uh, have any questions, just uh, send us an email podcast at iishooting.com or uh, Facebook, uh, and, uh, Instagram at range minded podcast. You'll be able to find us there. And, uh, you know, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll try to point you in, in the right direction. So. Heck yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening as always. And, uh, we will talk to you next time. Yeah. Get out and shoot. Yeah. Agreed. Go shoot. Thanks for listening to range minded. Find us online at range minded podcast on Facebook, or send us an email at podcast at ii We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.